first Samuel chapter 16 verse 7 but the Lord said to Samuel do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature because I have refused him for the Lord does not see as men sees for men looks at the outward appearance but the Lord looks at the heart amen the Bible says that God does not look at men's look. Men look at the outward appearance, but God looks at the inside, the heart. Hallelujah. This morning we are continuing. I'm speaking on a subject, the spirit of David. The spirit of David. Hallelujah. David is a man or a boy who must go to the battlefield and was about to fight the greatest battle of a lifetime in the country and the people called Israel. But before this, there was a man called King Saul who was ruling as king. And by whatever reason, God has rejected him and God has chosen David in the place of King Saul. Then God has spoken to Samuel that go to the house of Jesse and anoint one for me called David for him to take the place of the kingship. But we, you and I know that at the time God was calling David, he was such a small boy according to scripture references. The boy was about 17 years old. And God has invited him before this great battle of a lifetime. Hallelujah. But there was something special about David that the ordinary person couldn't see or know except God himself who saw him, chose him, knew of that. Everybody at that time looked at the physical stature and appearances. If somebody is going to be a king, the person must possess some physical stature and physique. If somebody was to fight Goliath, if somebody was to fight such a battle, the person must possess some kind of military physique or some kind of a military exposure to know that this person has what it takes to fight this battle and win this battle. Hallelujah. But the Bible said that God told Samuel that this boy called David, I am not seeing him like any other person. For every other person is described by their physical appearance. But when it comes to David, I'm talking about the internal strength. I'm talking about the potential. I'm talking about the power. And I'm talking about the enablement that is seated inside of him. Hallelujah. This morning, I am here to announce to you that there's something inside of you. That is what God is looking at. There's something sitting in you. That is what God is looking at. And if you are going to win the battle before you in this life, you have to make use of what is sitting inside of you and forget about what is outward of your life. Hallelujah. Most of the time, we are defeated because we look at what is around and what is happening. But God does not... Decide the victory of a battle or the victory of life based on the circumstances or the issues around. But God look at the potential, the faith, and the stability of the person inside of him or her. So God said, man see by the outward, but I see the inside. I look at the heart. David, I said, he had a heart that the ordinary man of his time does not have that heart. 
He carries some kind of boldness, some kind of courage, some kind of heart that the ordinary man of his time does not have it, does not possess it. Amen. Let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 13 and verse 14. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. God said, now Saul, you are out the scene. Because God has now found a man after his own heart. This morning, I came to tell you that God has found you and you are after the heart of God. You meet the standard of God. You meet the qualification of God. You meet the description of God. Who God is looking for, you meet that person. Hallelujah. You are not below what God is looking for and you are not beyond what God is looking for. You are the exact person that God is looking for. Hallelujah. And the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people. Because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Says so Saul, the Lord has found a man after his heart. To replace you, to lead this country, to lead this family, to deliver this family out of this problem. To fight this battle confronting these people. The reason is that you have not hacked to what God put in your hand. Listen to me. When you refuse to do what God has chosen you, birthed you, brought you to this earth to do, God will bring another person to do it. And may it never happen in your lifetime that God would take your purpose and give it to another person to fulfill it. May it never happen in your lifetime that what God created you to be, you fail in it and God will raise somebody to come and do it. That is the problem of human beings. Sometimes God has given some of us mandates. We, we are so lazy, so sluggish. We don't take seriousness. We fail in it. And God raised children to come and fulfill it. And we fight those children. You go into a family and there's an elder, there's a father, there is a mother, there is a, those who have, who, who have grown that they should have met some responsibility, put certain things in place, they have failed in it. And God has raised younger generations out of that family to fulfill that purpose and you find out that they are fighting the children. You go into a business, the same thing. You go into a company, the same thing. Every sphere of human race, you go there, you find out that the predecessors have failed God and he raised a new generation to fulfill it and they are fighting him. Amen. Step into a company. You find out that the long service men and women, people who have grown with typewriter, people who have refused, to learn about the modern trends and the way of doing things. And they are still in the old arcade. You, you go there and you find out there's a pile of files. Jobs are heaped undone. That a younger generation comes in. Within a day, they sit before their PC, sit before their desk, and they are able to consume number of the files. And gradually, you see that this one is coming with a new spirit. It's coming with a new grace. That very soon, they will take over the ruling position. Then this predecessor, older one, they begin to fight them. If you don't stand strong, they will juju you and kill you. Amen. So you find that the people who have the potential to do and to cause things to happen in our time, they are dying. And the old ones who have kept the old stuff and the old progressive system are still living. Because they are killing them ahead of time. 
but you will not die. Nobody who try you will succeed. Nobody who want to displace you will succeed. You will take over every commanding status that God has created your life to be. It doesn't matter who is that boss. It doesn't matter who is that elder, who is that leader. If the person refuses to perform, you shall perform. If the person refuses to do, you shall do. You shall fulfill the commandment of the Lord upon your life. Hallelujah. So the king the kind of heart David possessed was like the heart of God. He said, I found David a man after my own heart. So David carries a heart that was likened to the heart of God. Let's look at the man David. Let's describe him in Acts chapter 13. What God saw about him and what God see about him in Acts chapter 13 verse 22. Let's read what is there. And when he had removed him, he raised up for them David as king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. God does not raise people who will do half his will. God does not empower people who will do half his, his will. God does not uh, prosper people who will do half his will. Hallelujah. The people who meet the heart of God are those who have in them a desire to fulfill all the will of God concerning their life. Some of us, we are not materializing in the will of God because we have not made our mind to do all the will of God. The question is, what is even the will of God for your life? What does God want you to do? And what does God place in your hand? That God expects that you commission all this while you are still living and you have breath in your nostrils. How many of us? Hallelujah. Most of the time, we want to do parts of it. The one that satisfies and favors us. Myself and my family. Yes, it's part of the will of God, but it is not all the will of God. Hallelujah. But the Bible said that God said, I found David after my heart. Why? Because this guy will do all my will. May you know the will of God. And may you do all the will of God. Hallelujah. And because of that, every challenge before you, you shall overcome. Hallelujah. And I said, it was of no vain that regardless of all the faults of David, God still saw him. As the man after his own heart. Do you know that if we talk of someone in the Bible who has faults, David is number one. How many offenses and faults that was of Abraham? Apart from being obedient to his wife to fulfill cultural and traditional custom, what Abraham did was not against the custom and the tradition that he was living with and born with. It was acceptable. Remember that when Jacob was having a problem of childbirth with Rachel, Rachel had to give up what? The servant to make baby for her. It was accepted in their culture. Hallelujah. Like you go to my hometown. If I marry a woman from the north and I take good care of the lady, and she gave birth, and she's looking good. The family is mandated to dash me, the sister, if I so want. Hallelujah. So it's buy one, take care of it, and get one free. 
It's a nice, nice tradition. Nice tradition. You just look at pretty family. That all the ladies are nice. And then you first target the first one. If the second one is 16, target the one which is 20 and marry that one. And work faster. Five years time. The 16 years old would have been what? 21. Take good care. They add that one to you. Free of charge. Isn't it beautiful? So it was not wrong what David uh, Abraham did. Moses, what did he do? The people have put so much pressure on him that the guy lost his temper. And instead of pointing the stick on the rock, he struck it and spoke harshly. And God said that you have disgraced me before the people. That was all he did. And God said that you never see the kingdom. Amen. But look at David. Look at the number of men he killed for their wives. That was not enough. Look at the number of concubines he had. To the extent that his son Absalom had to make a public pornographic show on top of a story building and gather all the people of Israel and lie his father's concubines and just be sleeping with them one one. The man has an extraordinary technological sexual power. How can you lie your fathers? And we don't know the, the number of it. The Bible said that he lied them and slept with all of them on top of the roof before the eyes of all of Israel. It means that David didn't have one. Apart from the three wives, he still had enough. Amen. He did all these things and God still said that David is the man after my own heart. You cannot understand it. Listen to me, church. Don't judge or write down somebody because you think you know so much fault about the person. You might be wrong before the eyes of God. Hallelujah. I have this mentality that when God or, or the time a person will be making peace with their God, you are not there. So when you judge a person or you value a person in the eyes of God, based on what you have known and seen about the person, you might be seriously mistaking yourself because you may not know the time and the season and the period the person was making peace with their God. Sometimes God has forgiven them and God is dealing good and God is progressing their life and you are also sitting on the fence line reading them on the times past. They were like this, they were like this, they were like this. And God has forgotten and is no more looking at that again. They are writing about David. Today we are talking about what David did. But do you know that God said that he's a man after my own heart? Amen. Why did God say he's a man after his own heart? Because David has a kind of boldness and courage that was for his mission. The kind of heart David had, the men of his age and the men of his days, they lack it. They were big men, they were great men. 
And as a matter of fact, the kind of heart God is looking for, it has nothing to do with what status you have, what qualification, what degree, how old you are. It has nothing to do with it. The kind of heart God is looking for, it is a spiritual potential that is seated in people. And it doesn't matter how old you are. If God can see that quality of internal strength in you, God will make use of your life. Amen. That is why God can raise a 21-year person and make the person a billionaire. And a 60-year person goes and beg from them. Because God has seen that in that young star or in that youth, there is something inside that if I put this money in the hands of this person, they will make good use of it. Amen. So David carries a kind of boldness and courage. People didn't have. And I said, the attitude of David at the battlefield reveals his internal strength. We are coming to look at that. The kind of attitude David had. The kind of strength David had. The kind of boldness David had. The kind of courage David had. At the battlefield. For God to say that this is a man after my own heart. When, when you read First Samuel chapter 17. You see the description of the strength of the boy. Amen. Let's take them one after the other. Number one. Characteristics of David's strength or characteristics of the kind of strength, internal strength God expects of you. And if this morning, if you lack these qualities, you must begin to cultivate them inside of you or you must desire to grow them, develop them. Number one, he was blind to impossibilities. Listen to me. If you are going to overcome, you must be blind to impossibilities. That means that, yes, it is impossible, but you don't see impossibility. You see possibilities. Everybody said that it cannot be done. David said that it can be done. They showed him, they said, David, don't you see Goliath? He said, I've seen Goliath, and so what? He said, David, you don't know something? Nobody can fight Goliath. David said, are you saying nobody? Say, you can't fight Goliath. Don't say nobody. for years. They can't stand David. If you try, you will die. Have you seen his sword? Have you seen his javel? Have you seen his shield? Don't venture David. You will die. It is not possible for you 17 to fight this. David said, yes, I've seen everything about him. That it is not easy to fight this man, but I will fight him. You have to be blind to impossibilities. One day, God stepped in the house of Abraham. And God said, Abraham, how old are you? He said, God, you don't know. I'm 85 years. How old is your wife? I said, God, you don't know. She's 75 years. God said, oh, a year by this time, a season by this time, this same wife shall have a baby. And then Abraham said, hey, what is God saying? And then Sarah in her room said, ah, this God. So Abraham, my husband, who is almost 90, and Sarah, almost 80, are we going to have a baby at this age? Then God said, that, madam, is anything impossible before God? She said, I didn't say anything. If you are going to overcome, be blind to impossibilities. Listen to me. There is no victory which is lying in the face of possibilities. There is no success which is lying in the face of possibilities. Everything you want to make it in this life, there is an impossible situation that will confront you first. 
When you lift your eyes, the first thing you see is it is not possible. But you have to be blind. Yes, it is not possible, but to them, but not to you. Because you are not of them, you are of the Lord. Hallelujah. The strength, the spirit, the power with which you are confronting it, it is not the one they came with. You are coming with the power of the Most High God. You are coming with the spirit of God. There is something inside of you that can overcome impossibility. Hallelujah. David was blind to impossibility. Number two, he was deaf to cowardice. I told you the last time that if there is any vision in front of you, the people you must not consult is them who failed. If you mistakenly consult the coward of a great vision before you, they will discourage you. And the issue is they will always speak. The coward will always tell you that they don't but be deaf. His brothers and the army general, they came around. And the Bible said that when Goliath screamed, all of them ran into caves. People who have been in battle for centuries. Amen. You come. You don't know. We, we are experienced. We have been doing this job for years. We have been doing this business for years. We have been marrying for years. We have been doing that for years. They will tell you the history and the CV and the duration of their existence of that particular course and tell you that based on A, B, C, D, listen to me, advise yourself. They ran into caves. And David, the 17-year-old boy was standing there. He said, hey, you are not afraid of something, eh? This man, even the sound of his voice can destroy you. He said, yeah, it is true. But all that you are saying, it's not that I haven't heard it, but I won't take it. I am deaf to you. You know, not that I am deaf of your words, but I am deaf of your spirit. You are cowards. You are cowards. And I don't, what is before me, I am not ready to pattern my life, to partner with people who are cowards. Listen to me, church. There is somewhere you are going. There is somewhere before you. There is something that is ahead of you. You cannot continue to partner with people who are cowards. Drop them. Put them somewhere. If they can't go and encourage you to move forward, leave them. Anybody who comes to tell you that, oh, yeah, what you are saying, it is true, but put them behind. Oh, you know, this thing that you are saying, you know, it is possible, you know, it can be doing it, but, but you know that now the economy put them behind you. Hallelujah. Because in the days of Samaria, the Bible said that the economy was so bad that they were eating human beings. They were eating fetus. A woman miscarry, they will eat. A woman had a stillbirth, they will eat. They were Buying children and killing children and eating. And the Bible said they were eating cow dung. Cow dung is a particular leaf that cows eat. It is very bitter. Most of the time they say that, oh, cow poop. It's a particular leaf. It's very bitter. Most of the time it is known as a drug. When the cow is sick, they chew a very, very bitter than bitter leaf. They were eating it. That was how bad the economy was. Bad than 1983. The economic crisis that hit Ghana. Even that we survived. Those of us who were alive. We survived. We didn't die. 
and we have lived up to today. And in that bad economy, there were still four lepers. The official, the man who is next to the president, who advises the president and the president, that man could not even believe in prophecy. When the prophet said that tomorrow God is going to change the economic situation of this house, that man said, forget it. Forget it. Do you know the kind of hunger, starvation conferences you have attended? Do you know the kind of feasibility studies you have made? Do you know that the weather pattern of this time? Do you know that uh, the, the strength of the dollar against the major trading currencies in the world? What are you talking about? It cannot be done, but four lepers said that. Even though they said it cannot be done, we don't know whether it can be done or it cannot be done. But one thing we know is that we have steps and there's food. Let us make a move to where there's food and see if it happened fine. If it doesn't happen, yes, nothing we lose. When they made the move, God make a way for them. If you can make a move against everything that is telling you that it is not possible, God will make a way for you. I see God making the way. I see God opening the way. I see God directing your feet. I see God leading to you. You shall have what you intended to have by the power of God working in your life. Be deaf to the cowards. Be deaf to them. They will discourage you. I told you when I was starting this house, this church, that a very respectable person came in and said, young man, you are such a very nice young man. Very nice. I mentioned my age. He said, yeah. Very nice. Very good. But let me advise you. I've lived in this place for long. I've grown. I've seen so many things in this life. I've traveled. Amen. As if when you travel, you have all the world in your hands. Hallelujah. The worst things you can do in your life is to encourage yourself with your travels. The greatest things you can do for your life is to challenge yourself with your vision. Because if you don't take time, the more you travel, the more frustrated you become. Because you want to become like the people of the other side. And the people of the other side want to become like the people of the city. When you travel, they wish they were in Ghana. When you're in Ghana, you wish you have traveled. And I have never wanted when I travel. Amen. Because I can't live in freezer. Neither can I work and use my life and my money pay taxes. You can ask those who have traveled. They pay you $12,000. You use all to pay tax. Daddy, am I lying? Of course. He's lived abroad all his life. Hallelujah. You can take physical cash, 50,000 Ghana cities and go and buy a car in Ghana. Hello? People can take $350,000 in this hard economy and go to Trasaco and pay cash and buy a house. In this economy. Hallelujah. Do we say that there's no money here? Do you say there's no money here? Why don't you have the money? Amen. They have put stumbling blocks and they have pushed you in. And they have made you coward. That it is only the politicians. Doesn't the politicians trade their money with citizens or Ghanaians? If you make yourself marketable, they will market with you. Amen. The filling stations they've built. The shops they've erected and built. The transports they've bought. The houses they've built. 
Is it foreigners who are living in it? Is it foreigners who car they feel it? Is it not Ghanaians? Where did those Ghanaians get the money from? Is it not in Ghana? Hallelujah. What is so competitive about you that they have to move and come and trade with you? Even the little you are able to do, you are afraid. But we are not dealing with the economy of Ghana. We are dealing with the principles of the kingdom. We are dealing with the powers of the kingdom. We are dealing with what God said. 